Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. One of the things that amazes me about missions is who God chooses to do certain things. And uh, God's an amazing God. And I tell folks all the time, I'm qualified because God's chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I'm just amazed at God's mercy and his grace, not only in saving people, but Nathan, who is our co-host today. Nathan, what is amazing me is, is how he does it and who he uses to bring glory to himself. That there's one thing we remember: God doesn't share in the glory, does He? No, it's uh, the glory is all His. However, we are each of us followers of Jesus called to reflect that glory, reflect who He is, and uh, you know, as we grow and grow more Christ-like each day, which is you know that's what discipleship is about. Then we better reflect that glory and people that maybe are far from God, that don't know Jesus, when they see us, they see a reflection of Him. And uh, really, mission work is, is that. It's living your life. Let others see the good works so they might glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amen. And that's what we want to do here on, on Exploring Missions. That's our heart. It's a desire that He he would get glory. And, and so our guest today is a return to Exploring Missions, and uh, it's Brittany Burkeen. Brittany, welcome again. Okay, it is good to have you here. Uh, we we have people listening that has never listened before. Some might remember you, but give us a little bit of your story, and okay. then we'll start from there, uh, kind of a update on what's been happening with you. But tell yeah. us your story a little bit. Yeah, so um, my name is Brittany, and I actually grew up in the church and was really active in the church and active um, in my youth group and active in missions. And I knew a lot about God, and I knew His Word, and could be considered a youth leader in my church. But I always felt very empty inside and just struggled with emptiness and, I guess, dissatisfaction with with everything. And then later on, as I grew up, I went to Blue Mountain College in Blue Mountain, Mississippi, and I'm so thankful that God directed my steps there. And when I first got there, I met this girl named Sarah Blair, and she— we became friends like early on and she asked if she could invest in me. And I didn't really know what, you know, exactly that entailed, but I was like, sure, like I want to have a friend. I want someone to love me and, you know, invest in me. And so I said, sure. And we started studying the Bible together and we would meet weekly. And through my relationship with her, I began to see that we were really different. We did the same things. Like we were both active in the church, and we were both active in missions and active with the BSU, and I was, we were both on fine arts teams. We were both on the puppet team, the clown and puppet team at Blue Mountain, and um, we both helped out with children's ministry. We both studied his word, but she had such a peace about her, 
and a joy about her. And she knew how to talk well to God. And when I, and like, she would explain to me what God was teaching her in his word. And, and she would ask me, you know, what, what is God teaching you? And I couldn't really, I couldn't really say anything to her. Like I couldn't, sometimes I would just make stuff up because I didn't like God wasn't really teaching me anything. And later, obviously I learned because the Holy Spirit wasn't there to help me. And so it was through that relationship with her and through seeing that we were so different that I realized why we were different. It was because even though I knew the things of God and like I, I did the things of God and I looked and acted like a Christian, I wasn't a Christian and I didn't know God personally. I didn't know Jesus as my Savior. I didn't have the Holy Spirit indwelling me, renewing me. And so um, later into my freshman year, I became a Christian and I began following Jesus as my Savior. And I began to experience that peace and joy that she had of knowing Christ, um, of knowing Him as my Lord and Savior and as following Him. And for me, that like that experience with Jesus obviously changed my life completely, but it also changed how I interacted with the things that I was already doing. Like I was already involved in missions. I was already involved in church. But then once I actually knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior, like it completely changed yeah. that. And it was like my whole my whole world was reopened. My whole heart was reopened. Um, and I began to like truly experience that transformation and like the why behind what I was doing. Um, and it changed everything and just really grew in me just that passion for mission. Like I'm studying Isaiah right now with my Sunday school girls at church. And this week, this Sunday, actually, we're going to be talking about Isaiah six. And just like when I was rereading through that, it just reminded me that's like, that's my why. Um, like because I've experienced Jesus, like that's why I want to go and help others experience it because I want them to have that same experience of salvation, that Amen. same experience of freedom. Yeah. And so yeah. that is awesome. Uh, Nathan, you know, I'm going to use this and I'll let you ask or comment. But when you said that about everything was different, you you were doing the things that everybody else was doing. There's no meaning. In the eighth grade, I got glasses, eyeglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know my sight. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't uh, bad enough that it was obvious. Mm -hmm. But I remember getting my glasses, going outside. I lived out in the country, and I looked up, and I said, oh, wow, the trees have leaves. Before that, it was just kind of, uh, you could see it was Mm -hmm. a tree. You knew it was green. You knew they were leaves. But I didn't know that each leaf was individual. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden... Through looking through those eye, uh, glasses, I saw clear what it was. And and when I heard you say that, when Christ comes in, he fills the picture. Nathan, uh, he makes the picture yeah. a lot clearer, doesn't he, when he comes in? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, that missions call of making disciples of all the nations, you know, disciple making. Well, that entails or in- includes and it presupposes that you know, hey, we're disciples ourselves. You know, if we're going to make disciples, uh, we must be a disciple of Jesus. But at the same time, it can be easy for us just because in our in our sin, in our um, lack of understanding, we can easily substitute doing things for for Jesus and the activity, even mission activity can substitute that for actually knowing Jesus, you know, and, uh, the, the doing 
sometimes for many people comes so much easier than the being. But uh, we're called to be followers of Jesus. And then we are also called to do the act of uh, making disciples. So we can easily mix those up. But, you know, there's no substitute for that. Like, like Brittany was saying, you know, even Jesus had to uh, remind his, his disciples about that. Uh, with their mission trip that he sent them out on in Luke 10. They came back and reported all the great things that they had done. And Jesus said, hey, guys, remember that uh, the most important thing is that your names are written in the book of life. Wow. Amen. Well, you know, uh, when that happens, things change and your world changed. You were already involved. You'd already done some things, but things really started changing missionally at yes, that sir. point. Well, mm-hmm. update us a little bit about what all, remind us okay. some of your mission yes, trips. You don't have to go as much detail okay. this as you did the first time when you were on, but give us a little bit of a bird's eye view and then give us a little clarity of the update where you okay. are right now. Um, yeah, so I, um, after I became a Christian, like I was already involved in mission, but one of the biggest mission trips, I would say, or I would say one of the mission trips that had one of the biggest impacts on me was my mission trip to China. I think that's because I'd already been on mission here, but going on mission overseas, the Lord really used that to open my eyes to the world and just broaden my vision a little bit more and just to simply begin working in my heart, breaking my heart for internationals and breaking my heart for just the world. Like I wasn't just seeing this one spot anymore, but it was like, I was just seeing so much more. And so he really used my trip to China in, I can't even remember, 2012, I believe, to just broaden my view a little bit more and help me to see more of the world. And in doing that and seeing more of the world, he just began working in me, just a heart for the nations and began breaking my heart for their lostness. And I really got to see their lostness on that trip. Nathan and and Brittany, this reminds me of one of my heroes, Dr. Bobby Moore. Nathan, you remember him coming to the church? Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's, he, he was, he prayed, he had someone pray this for him, give Bobby a vision of the world. And guess what he did? He, he prayed that for me and it changed my mission focus and uh, and seeing things, and then God let you come and serve on staff at the church where we were together, and again missions just became more and more. When when God opens your heart and your eyes to missions, Nathan, it it really changes your focus, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, one of the very first things we started talking about just today is God's glory, and that's really what what we're talking about. The the uh, the glory of God, the, developing a passion for God's glory, and and God wants to give everyone that. Uh, it's all through Scripture. So if we really have the, you know, the eyes, the spiritual, uh, the the Holy Spirit driven eyes and understanding to see that in Scripture, but a lot of times God will use like like for you, Brittany, a, a trip somewhere else uh, out of our comfort zone into another context to to see the world uh, and sometimes it's seeing the world in a place where many people don't know who God is they don't have a vision of that glory uh, they don't even know the name of Jesus possibly when we see those things uh, either in scripture or in the world uh, yeah we're we uh, God can use that to birth a, a new growth 
for a passion for his glory. And uh, that's what, you know, that's what we're talking about. That's what missions is all about. Yeah. And so he developed in your heart a passion for people. Yes, sir. You already had a passion for missions. You see, those are yes, when you connect those, he usually directs you in an area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a heart. You know God's called us to be missional. And then we look at it, and he gives us a passion or a heart for a certain group. Mm-hmm. It can be a geographical group, or it can be a group in a town. It can be an age group mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, special needs. It can be all kinds. But has God developed a a passion in your heart for a, a group of people? Yeah, so um, in that trip to China, I kind of, like, I was introduced to Asians. And then from then on, I've been to Japan five times since then. And How many? Five times. Five times. Think, yeah. Do you have a dual residence there? You've been there for <laughs> I it? wish I did. Yeah, okay. Um, but in all of these things, the Lord began to break my heart for the Asian people. And I do want to share this story. I did not want to go to Japan. I had recently gotten back from China. And it was spring of 2013, and God had called me to go to Japan for the summer to spend two months there with missionaries. And I didn't want to go because I just got away from China, and I was like, I love China. I don't know about Japan. And But I knew he was calling me, and he provided the way, and I went. And I remember that first week there, I spent so much time in prayer asking him to break my heart for the Japanese because I knew, like, I was like— I. I don't think I can spend two months here trying to serve these people and, and love these people without actually loving them, you know. And um, so I asked him if he could just break my heart for them and show me their lostness and help me to have a heart for them so that I can obey him in this. And um, I've seen how he's done that over the past, like that's been eight years or seven years ago. And he's done that, like he's answered that prayer and he's given me a heart for them. Um, but I would like to say, like earlier, you mentioned that he called like, the least of these he'll call to, and like, we're not qualified. And like for the Japanese people, I don't love them because I fit in with their culture because I absolutely don't. Like I'm really, like I'm a loud Southern American girl and I talk really, really fast. I have a Southern accent and I have to remind myself to slow down, have to remind myself to speak a little quieter. Um, In Japan, like on the subway trains, just a fun culture fact for you, you like it's quiet. You don't really talk on the train. If you talk, you're like whispering and even your whispers are supposed to be like basically non-existent. And so like I don't love Japan because I fit in because I do not fit in. I love Japan because God's given me a love for them and he's he's qualified me to love them and he's given me a love for them. It's not like it's not anything within me and it's all completely him. Yeah, so he's given me a heart for the Japanese, and it's been a journey of just getting to the Asian people and getting to that area. In my last, like the last time we talked, I was um, working with ESL here in Tupelo. And ESL, ESL, tell people what ESL stands um, for. So ESL is English as a Second Language. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Most of our listeners know that, but sometimes they, they say, well, yes, what's sir. those initials for, you know? Mm-hmm. It, that's not a government agency is what <laughs> right. I'm sharing. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was working with Japanese here in Tupelo and continually being connected with my friends in Japan. And um, at that same time, the Lord was leading me to Guatemala. So I took a few trips to Guatemala in that. So he was continually opening my heart to all the world, not just to the Japanese, even though he has specifically given me a heart for them. But in 2018, I, I was pursuing after Japan pretty heavily. And I was doing a lot, a lot of things. And in 
in that season, in 2018, I began to get a little burnout just pursuing so heavily. And there, I don't know if anyone knows Jim Elliott, but Jim Elliott is just, I love Jim Elliott. I love his story. And I have a copy of his journals and I read them pretty readily. Like I love them. And in, in the beginning of his journals, he talks about how, um, like he's praying and he's like, Lord, help me to lose the grasping hand. And he talks about how like he's fondling after what he wants and he's grasping after what he wants and not really grasping onto what the Lord and what the Lord wants. And so in 2018, I begin, like I call it my graspy year because I feel like I began to be really graspy and I was grasping after this and grasping after that. And I was like, the Lord had given me passions and callings. And I was like, oh, this is how you want to do it. This is how you want to do it. And I began to get really burnt out from that, obviously. And so at the end of 2018, I really felt like he was asking me to kind of take a step back and breathe and really heal from being burnt out. And there were things I needed to learn and things that I needed to surrender to him, especially in the whole trusting him and not being graspy. And so 2018, I took a step back and... I, in 2019, and up until, I would say spring of this year, was my, like, step back time. And so I took a step back, and I was just like, okay, Lord, whenever it's time to step back in, I'll be ready whenever you want me to step back in. And that, like, 2019, early 2020, was such a good time for me, like, really good for my heart. There was some things that the Lord taught me, and um, it was just really sweet and a really good time, and I'm really, really thankful for those years. But in early 2020, so like I would say in like May, so this is only a few months ago. Okay, we're talking about during the we're pandemic. About, okay. Exactly, yep. Um, so what happened is I fell out of my hammock. I liked a hammock. I like, you know, like the parachute type of hammocks that you hang up in the tree. I liked a hammock, and I was hammocking one day with my mentor. We like to have our meetings outside and um, at parks and stuff. And so we were hammocking, and I got, she'd already got in, and I get in. And I fall out like I, my hammock strings breaks and I fall out, but they weren't broke completely. So I refixed them and I was like, I'm getting back in. I got a hammock. So I get back in. It breaks again. So I strap it back up and I'm like, I'm going to get back in. Well, I get back in a third time and it doesn't break this time. So the third time, I guess, was the charm. And I like the rest of the day, I kept thinking about that moment, about how I like I wanted a hammock so much. So I kept jumping back in. I kept jumping back in. Um... And I feel like the Lord was speaking to me that it's time to jump back in. So I began to pray about what what do you what do you mean, Lord? Like, do you want me to jump back in to pursue the IMB with Japan? Do you want me to like is there anything specific they're asking me to jump back in? And just through talking with different friends and um just by going to his word, he began to show me that he was asking me to jump back in to Pursuing Japan with the IMB again, or just pursuing the IMB, and so the IMB. Let's clarify: International Mission, International Mission Board. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah, we we throw initials around real. Mm-hmm. Let me update Jim Elliott. If you don't know who he was, yes, who sir. talked about that, was a missionary in uh, Ecuador, mm-hmm. and he and four others were 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 martyrs sharing mm-hmm. the good news of Jesus Christ. And a lot of them have heard of Elizabeth Elliot. This mm-hmm. was her first yeah. husband. So uh, great, great man. I mm-hmm. wanted to update on those, on your testimony. So you're, God's bringing you back to where 
uh, he said, get back in mm-hmm. the hammock or get yes, back sir. in it. Okay. <laughs> we, I want to stream along here. Okay. So what's happened since then, since you got back in? Um, yes, sir. So I am pursuing the journeyman program with the IMB, um, the International Mission Board, and looking to go probably fall of 2021. And I am pursuing Asia, so that could be Japan or it could be wherever he wants. I have learned... Like, I will say this, I think that in God giving me a heart for Japan, I began to kind of shut my heart off to other people. And I think I I was doing it because I wanted to protect my heart from just like, like, I don't know. I just, I think it was a protection thing. And um, so like, I love Japan so much. And I was like, oh, I don't think there's any more room for any love in here. Um, But in the like 2019, when I took a step back, God began to show me that he's created my heart and he can fill it with whatever Mm -hmm. love he wants to for whatever people he wants to. And so, yes, like I love the Japanese people and I love Japan and I'm, uh, I am pursuing IMB, but it could be Japan that I go to, but I know now that wherever I go, he's going to give me a love for those people. Yes, sir. Trusting him. When I hear her story and I think about you and how God, those years you spent in Clarkston, Georgia, God, God just br- brings you to the point. Uh, yes, you love these people, but over in Clarkston, how many how many groups of people were there? And oh, yeah, you had was, a whole group of people to love. <laughs> how many were there? Uh, there yeah, just dozens. Uh, multiple people groups from dozens and dozens of countries speaking, you know, 50, 60 languages or more. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that we initially went there uh, was to work with uh, South Asians, but real quickly after arriving, you know, and meeting different people, we started working with uh, others as well. So God has a way of uh, directing our hearts. And I would say on, on that, it's, it's Jesus is God who we're called to love. And in loving him, we will grow to love others, uh, whatever others that God puts in our, in our, in our path, mm-hmm. in our lives, you know, and, um, I think that's true for everyone, whether you're on the mission field or just in everyday, day-to-day life. There might be people that are hard to love, but uh, the more in love you, you know, the more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you'll have room to love those even, you know, unlovely people, I guess. When I hear you and Brittany talk about that, I could not help but picture an hourglass now, you think about it, how broad it is at the top, and then God starts narrowing it down mm-hmm. to a group of people. And then guess what does? He broadens it mm-hmm. to, to more people. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. that's what he's done in, in your life. Well, we're going to be praying that God would fulfill that in your mm-hmm. life. And you say, Asia, here, here I am, and Lord, <laughs> here, use me. But while this is going on, you're involved with a, another foundation, the yes, Parsonage sir. Foundation. Yes, sir. And I want to read the scriptures here. Uh, part of it is the mission housing for one of the greatest things, Nathan, and you've experienced this coming back from missions there, uh, missionary housing and how important that is. Nathan, uh, just tell them what a blessing that is real quickly from a personal point of view. Well, yeah, after uh, leaving Clarkston, Georgia, the Atlanta area, uh, coming back to where my wife is from, Birmingham, Alabama, we had a very difficult time trying to find a place to uh, to land just an actual house to live in for our family of five. And there was a local church 
uh, in the area that had housing real close to the church building just set aside for uh, mission families, missionaries, and families that were either transitioning to or from the mission field. Of course, at that time, we, we were thinking we might be leaving again, uh, leaving the States entirely at that point to go overseas. But uh, regardless, if it wasn't for that church and that house, we would have been in a really tight place. And so, you know, that's the case for many, many uh, missionaries, especially this year, 2020, when so many things are uh, just up in the air and nothing's settled. A lot of countries are sending people uh, home or it's best that people do come back to the U.S. because of uh, the, you know, health pandemic and things like that. So having a place to to live, to stay uh, securely for whatever period of time is, is so very vitally important. You know, those churches that have a parsonage, and a lot of times their pastor comes in and they'd rather buy a house, which is far better. In place of selling that parsonage, it could be turned into mm-hmm. a mission exactly. home for missionaries so much. Exactly. The scripture that you use, and we like to bring the scripture in, it is from Philippians 4.18. And this is Paul writing to the church of Philippi, telling them what a blessing they were. And here it wasn't necessarily housing, but it was still help. And it says, Indeed, I have all in abound. I am full, having received from Epiditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. I really believe that, Brittany, when you are helping the missionaries. I, I believe that with all my heart. The housing is really important. Mm-hmm. That's a goal of yours, yes, uh, your foundation, isn't it? Yes, sir. Well, I'm praying God would bring that. Another one is mission support. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the mission support that y'all are involved in right now. Yes. So um, we hadn't got a lot of time, so got to get quickly. Yes. So um, with our mission support, like he said, our our whole heart is to help the missionary all and like to have all and abound. We want to serve them so they can be able to serve the Lord. And so we have three or four different things that we do with mission support. One of them is our short-term mission scholarship, and what that is is that if anyone is going on a short-term mission trip, anyone, like it, there's no age limit at all, um, or like country, anything, um, we will have a scholarship for you to help you go on your mission trip because we believe in the importance and the vitalness of short-term missions. Um, the Lord has used it to play a huge role in my life, and um, I know he uses it in missionaries' lives. Yeah, and yeah, the, so you the mission support, but then mission training. Yes, and sir. the brother Brotherhood of Christ Men's Conference, mm-hmm. Cornelia, the Women's Mission Retreat. Mm-hmm. Those are vital importance, and they're part of the Parsonage Foundation. Can anyone get a hold of you guys? Yes, Parsonage sir. Foundation. We have a Facebook page, the Parsonage Foundation, and they can find us on there and contact us that way. The Parsonage Foundation. That's mm-hmm. on Facebook. Yes, sir. Brittany, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Nathan, thank you for co-hosting today. Yeah, my pleasure. And we're going to be praying for Brittany, asking God to use her and use what he has given her for his glory and his honor, that he would be glorified in men, women, boys, and girls and be drawn. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. May God bless you and may God use you in carrying out the Great Commission.